0: Flash! Ah! ah! Oh, we were so off. Oh, feet. yeah. Oh, oh. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. ashamed um, I'm not. That
1: is getting edited out. Hello, and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and I've got my two good friends here. Scott? Fucked it up, man.
0: Don't do that to me, man.
1: And Ryan,
2: wait. We're friends, not co-hosts. I don't I don't know about all that, man.
1: Uh, so we're co-hosts but not friends. But all co-hosts. Listen, are I'm friends? just
2: saying that the Mythbusters fucking hated each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they had some issues. No.
2: That's not how they would put it.
1: <laughs> Look it up. Mm-hmm.
2: Not friends.
1: Yeah, not at all. <laughs> anyways hello audience uh, welcome back we are in our normal schedule of things now uh, we're going to have a bright new topic for you uh, we're going to have a, a real
2: show oh yeah real show yeah. Uh, a real show with a real topic that we totally decided on before we started recording
1: <laughs> <laughs> that we totally have show notes for that yeah. we have
2: show. notes. we've never had show notes oh and man they- and if they have i haven't read them
1: <laughs> uh, we've had show notes it's been a while but we been have a, show been notes. a hot minute uh but regardless, we still want to bring the best quality to you, our listeners, and our patrons. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll get right in to how everyone's gaming has been.
0: Uh, my game has been all right. Uh, I had a pretty good vampire game a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, with Mr. B. Dave Walters as a guest star. Ooh, ooh. Uh, check it out on YouTube. Uh, I fixed some of the issues that showed up during recording, but... That's just a thing that happened. Um, played D anD D the first session of D anD D for Acquisitions Incorporated. Yes,
1: yeah, uh, we had a grand old time. Oh yeah, it was a
0: good game. Also plagued by technical issues, which I've salvaged as best I could. So
1: yeah, they're ooh, studio recording man, full of thousand one gremlins, and none yep. of it's cheap.
0: I've been I've been thinking about radical solutions that might <laughs> might just solve some problems but we'll, we'll radical deal.
1: but not radical i mean or RD, both, both yeah they're both radical um, you can
2: just call it a credit card scott
1: <laughs> yeah
0: that too um yeah but like solutions that are fairly fairly inexpensive and yet might be super effective i'm looking at a raspberry pi that's just what i'm that's a great uh, idea yeah
1: we'll talk to you later about that yeah um yeah uh what others uh also you played some D and D.
0: I did play some D and D with these two chuckleheads. Bird person. I was a bird person. He arranged that. Here and I and did there. arrange things. I arranged fists and spectral fists and astral fists.
1: I, I beat you up with my thoughts, essentially. That's right.
0: Yeah, you know, I just I reached into the base code of the universe and hit, you with, you, with hit you with math. Um, <laughs> I
2: assaulted you with the moon. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. And as a bear. Yeah, so, yeah, as
0: as part sh- of. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, we started running uh, through uh, Descendant to Avernus, uh, which is the new uh, new adventure from Wizards of the Coast. Matthew's running it for us, and yeah. it's he's fun. Yeah,
2: he's, he's doing God's work.
1: Indeed. Uh, actually, no, I, I think uh, Roll20 is doing God's work because you guys fit most of the bill for that because I was going to run it for him, and I could put everything together on Roll20 because we use that for our, like, arcade mat basically. And I was doing the prep, and I could do it. I know I've done prep like this before. It wouldn't be too hard, but I would only get, like, the first couple... Mm-hmm. bits of it together in time in order to run it for them but then i was like hey guys if we could just get the roll 20 adventure the whole thing i
2: i found that everything's very, preloaded there are very few solutions that i'm not willing to just throw some fucking money at if it makes D happen yeah if it like if it anything that knocks down barriers to us playing the game regularly mm-hmm. i will just It's like how much sure and so <laughs>
1: these guys what they did is they pulled their money together and i put in i fitted some of the money too and we bought the adventure on roll 20 and that's the first time I've actually bought and utilized mm-hmm. an actual adventure that Roll20 basically completely, like, preps for you. Mm-hmm. It has all the handout. It has all the directions. It has all of the mobs. It all has the stats. occasional
2: unusual choices for NPC tokens. Indeed.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, because they, they use a lot of generic ones mm-hmm. for right. big mobs. They just, like, just they throw it out there because their stats are connected to the monster type. So, if something says it's a bandit, even though it's an important named NPC and doesn't have its own specific stats, you they use the same token as that creature.
0: Well, it it's a pretty work intent. Like, if you were to put all that shit together in Roll20, roll it would be pretty intense.
1: Oh, my God. Doing it by yourself would be like but, you'd be doing it for months. Yeah,
0: I, I got the Acquisitions Incorporated Roll20 uh, version, uh, which is... That's great. Like, I am I am getting 100% sold on things like Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds for, specifically for Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of the shit that just makes me want to stick my head in an oven. Yeah. And takes care of it for me. Right. Uh, and I think it's a super awesome way to get that style of, you know very very combat intensive very, very technical very technical very tactical mm-hmm. style games uh into a much more accessible and playable format so I'm all for it it's cool
1: yeah I, I really enjoy it and I'll probably give you guys updates uh, as we go through it they've just gone through the very first part of it um they dealt with the dealt with some bandits and some ruffians and now they went to a day spa and that was a lovely time oh yeah it was great uh then then they're gonna go to a not so good time I had a bird fit. He did. He, <laughs> he had a bird and they told you to go outside to the bird bath. He went ultra. He went ultra burb on them.
0: I also. I also hit them with a. I, I got a joke that really hit the whole table pretty good.
2: Yeah, because uh, you were
0: trying. You were trying to be like, oh, well, you're having trouble getting asleep. I'm like, no, I just put a sheet over my head and go right to bed. <laughs> uh, everyone, like, I'm proud of that because one. there
1: were very limited space mm-hmm. of for because they bought <laughs> like really there. small yeah. rooms. Just Put a sheet over, it. Just he a did, over and, and put he has it. little bird sounds. <laughs> yeah. It was super delightful. I'm really looking forward to the rest of that adventure with you guys. Because uh, just so everyone knows, uh, Scott's playing a monk, uh, a UA monk, because you're yep. playing the weird the astral, astral self, monk. self one. You are a uh, Ryan is a a druid of the moon, who's also a fish uh, water person.
2: Well, water genasi. So I'm, I'm, I would be. A, I'm not a druid of the coast, like a lame ass <laughs> <laughs> Turn into a shark.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I got Kelly, who's our cleric of saloon, which is really cool, a really interesting synergy with you, Ryan. Which uh, I'm, will- I want to explore more of that. Yeah,
2: yeah, And it was a very, I just it clicked with me as I was like,
1: "You're a priest." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he doesn't know. And she sort of took a very interesting b- a background, so I'm going to play around with that a little bit. And then uh, Murphy's playing our playing basically a tiefling rogue, um, which is just super rad. She's uh, a scamp. She's, she's, a, she's a she's a she's a spy, but not. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. she's not a spy.
1: She's not actually a spy, but she portrays herself as one. But Fantastic. It, regardless, it was super fun. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. I could play it at any, I drop of a hat, as long as I have access to computers, I can play more of it. So, But uh, other gaming, Um, uh, speaking of a little more D&D, uh, I'm actually playing it in a homebrew Avernus game so I can actually play the game so I can experience but the GM is really cool and doing something a little different. He's taking a different approach to the very first part of it. I'm not in Boulder's Gate. I'm actually in Elturel doing yeah. other Elturel type stuff before shit goes south. I out. mean, it's
2: a pretty interesting set piece that doesn't get explored terribly much it seems.
1: No, it's not because it's not It don't, you will find out more about that later.
2: Cool. Well, I'm sure I mean, I, I get the basic gist of what's going on. Yeah. Like Duh. But I've read I've read a D and D book, so I know what's happening. You know, <laughs> I've read a lot of them. But yeah, just Eltorl was like a fascinating place in the fourth ed, like forward. You know, yeah. post post spell plague times, and it's like, oh, I would have liked to, you know, stick around there some more.
1: Yeah, there's there's some actually more, more I'm reading about Eltorgard because that's the actual country because it was a pseudo country that wasn't doesn't have like hard defined borders because they were just starting to mm. expand. But, anyways, I'm probably bring you updates about that. It's super rad. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and what else, uh, uh, I'm, Ryan?
2: I'm reading aberrant rules. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to come up with a, come up with a, a snot nosed kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, aberrant c- atomic youth. That's that's coming together. Uh, I, I will be a youth most out, atomic. Indeed, I need to fill out the rest of the table and then get started on uh, character generation. Yeah, that will session be session zero. We'll need to sit down and talk before yeah. all that happens. Oh, don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll have. Ourselves yeah, I, I think check.
2: I'll probably want to hammer out my actual character once I mm-hmm. have the my other my teammates because yeah. I feel like I would like to go yeah. in synergistically. Yeah, silly.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more work on getting people into that. I need three more people. Uh, if I
1: yeah, so we'll see. Hey, audience members, if you're interested.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. If you're a if you're a, a listener or a patron to Paul Huguenin, you can absolutely contact me at
1: Tv at gmail uh, and give me a shout-out, and we'll talk. We'll talk and see if you are a good fit for this group, because this is doing some interesting things. Mm-hmm. It's very short-term. It's only uh, ten, ten-,
0: 10... 10 sessions, um, and I'm going to be doing... Basically, I'm going to be recording the whole campaign uh, before we release any of it, because I want to be able to have some flexibility with release schedule and whatnot. I'm probably going to chop the episodes up uh, and, and sort of... Make it like a season of TV, basically. Yeah, that's
1: perfectly fine. That's perfectly reasonable. Mm -hmm. Just because schedules are insane and trying to get that many people together is hard.
0: Yeah, I've I've got a tentative, like, how I'm going to split things up. It's going to start out, you know... One game with a full table of one team, one game with a full table of the other team, and then they're going to start mixing together, and then big ol' finale.
1: All right, cool. Uh, all right, then we're going to go right into the news, which we really only have one big thing, because this is actually more of a discussion topic. It's not the main topic of the show, but it's something I think that impacts a lot of our, a little bit of our politics, but overall, but it affects gaming uh, a tremendous amount, and yeah. that is the recent situation with Kickstarter. And uh, the unfortunate, uh, they have released slash fired several individuals that were attempting to unionize within uh, the company, and there's a kind of a hubbidabaloo about it because Kickstarter basically publicly came out and said, we're not dealing with unions. And that's problematic because we here at Polyhedron, we like ourselves some unions. We want to have workers to have rights and support, and and but Kickstarter is also a major platform for role-playing games and how indie stuff gets published nowadays
2: i mean okay to be completely fair it wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world to move platforms it's not the only platform yeah it's kind of indiegogo would be happy to take them and hopefully given their name wouldn't fire people who are Mm -hmm. (laughs) pro-union did it did the uh i mean i I haven't read anything about this because i put my head in the sand for most of everything now but did they give a reason why they were looking to unionize? Did they, I mean... Did
1: they have uh, formal complaints? Um,
0: I'm looking. I don't see anything as specifically from these people. Uh, of course, the, the announcement from the CEO said that these people weren't fired for organizing union. And again, was performance issues. Uh, but... Of course he would say that. Of course he would say yeah, that. Yeah, of course so. you
2: can't say it's retaliatory. That's illegal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, there is... It's gonna be tough because it depends a lot, a lot on what companies, may, what companies who make role playing games do uh, when there's a more clear view of more clear and comprehensive view of the situation, right. including whether or not you know it. it whether because there's basically what we know is that there are th- were three people who got fired, yeah, uh, and that they were talking union, yeah. Um, we don't know what percentage of them were talking union or are talking union. Uh, we don't know, um, we don't know what the workers of Kickstarter would want us to do. Yes. Uh, which.
2: Being, do we really have any idea, any insight into their working conditions? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know. What,
1: what their formal complaints are and what they wanted in- for those conditions and how to resolve those conditions, and they definitely have not asked for a call to action yet. Yep. Um, we haven't heard much about that, so it's yeah, best I, to kind of just wait and keep things going the way they're going.
0: I do my level best to never cross a picket line, so if there's a strike, I'm going to honor it, but there's no strike. There's no call to action. We And I'm very work... I, I am, you know, I'm a... like Ryan has said, a, co- a Molotov cocktail swinging lefty. I'm very worker-focused. Um but at this point uninformed action, especially uninformed about the you know the, the opinions and desires of the workers of that company, um could do more harm than good.
2: I, I just hope that they find a way if they if they do have those concerns, they they have a way to express themselves Absolutely, and yeah. express that need without facing retaliation because mm-hmm. that's something as public as this is a warning shot. Yep. To, it's an exit public execution sort of thing. Yeah. Having been a party to that sort of thing before it's, it's not, it's not pretty
0: mm-hmm.
2: because it's really hard to want to speak up when three of your buddies just got dragged out and shot.
0: That's yep. true. Uh, but what we do know uh, in continuing what we about as far as what we do know is that the CAO has basically released a pretty comprehensive anti-union screed, uh, for lack of a better term. I, I love
2: it when rich people release screeds.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. That's who I want to hear from. Uh, but it does Their kind Their opinions of, are important to
2: no, me. No, they're not. Um,
0: uh, they that, matter. That does... <laughs> hmm, they matter in that the power that they wield affects me. Um, but that's about it. Uh, but so, yeah, so we know where the CEO stands.
1: Yeah, and And it's not if good. The problem is if he's coming out that strongly on that stance mm-hmm. from 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 get-go... They're, we we have a much we have a, can infer a well, few things. Well, you about, that, about, well, that you,
2: message was for his workers. Yes, that you you was know not management. For us. you know management falls in line because in a company of 152 people, as I looked mm-hmm. up what they are, I'm going to guess that was down from 155. Mm-hmm. Um, in a company that size, you know the CEO and the CEO mostly knows you. Mm-hmm. So, like the CEO knows every manager, mm-hmm. probably. He's probably
1: handpicked a lot of uh, most of them to yeah, be yeah. where they are.
2: Rats all, I'm mm-hmm. sure.
1: It, it, well, it it just requires people to stand up and to take the complaint seriously, and then try to address them in any way they can.
0: But I know I will be keeping a close eye on that. And, and making decisions accordingly. Yep.
2: If they um, ask for it, it's no skin off my ass. I don't kickstart much anyway.
0: Yeah, uh, well, uh, the thing is that, that, that one of our favorite role-playing companies, Onyx Path, uses Kickstarter heavily. Yes, uh, almost exclusively. Almost
1: I'm, exclusively. I've, I've almost never seen them
2: I mean, that's, start a game without it. Well, I would really hope that, you know, considering who their player base is and who their mm-hmm. cus- customer base is, if the decision, if the call were to be made, you know, they're not a massive company. They could probably they're, make an...
1: They're really small. They're surprisingly yeah, small Yeah, they're, they're
2: humans. Mm-hmm. So they could probably make an informed decision yeah. about where to platform. There's a uh, lot of funding
1: platforms. Also, I've listened to the Onyx Pathcast. I know these guys' politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the
0: thing. You know some of their politics. Yes. Uh, Onyx Path, I think, is three people. Yes. The uh, rest are freelancers and contractors. The people who do the podcast are... Are freelancers and contractors? Uh,
1: except no, Dixie, the 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 lady, she's an actual Onyx Path. Editor. Is, she, is she an editor? She's an official okay. editor. Um, yes, and, but um, Eddie does. Um, yeah, Eddie has is not a a member of it, mm-hmm. but he has an extremely strong relationship I mean, with they- them. Not just for freelancing, but for other, other involvements.
0: They all have pretty strong relationships with them. However. Yes. Onyx passes three people.
1: Yes, I agree. It will be interesting. Um, I'm eager for my end of things uh, because I'm developing a game and I'm looking at that. And Kickstarter is always like kind of like the big, Mm -hmm. the big test, the big challenge. And so that'll be interesting for me going forward, seeing what they do, and what they decide because um, right now, if you're just boycotting or Kickstarter, you're mostly just hurting the actual developers of the content that you're looking at, not necessarily Kickstarter directly.
2: Yeah, they have a pretty big runway, guys. I hate to tell you, they're a yeah. real rich company because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, they're basically glorified middlemen. Mm-hmm. So much like every group of glorified middlemen, as long as they got the money to pay their people, their overhead is uh, not huge. Mm-hmm. They don't make anything. That's the
1: point. Well, they made... They, they made a platform. They made these... St- the platform for uh, independent financing that we've seen in basically the modern age which hasn't
2: changed terribly much in a while this this, that ship drives itself i'm betting so i mean obviously 152 employees isn't a small isn't it's a small-ish company
1: yeah but uh, it's not a gargantuan company but that, that their influence is wide compared try to starve to them, out them out is all i'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> not, a good, not a good call not yeah. a good call yeah, yeah. you got to do other things well, that's
0: why i'm i'm very firmly waiting on a definitive call to action from oh. the people who work there yeah um because that's really what the most important uh thing if you want to be focused on the workers you should be focused on the workers right. not just in a general notion uh that being said you know if if it if it looks like, you know, they're calling them the Pinkertons, then uh yeah, I'm gonna have to make a hard choice.
1: Yep. But anyways, Fuck if you Pinkertons. want <laughs> if you want to hear the probably we're gonna talk about this more in our uh after show oh, like sure. Patriot
2: content. I sure hope not.
1: Oh, what $1 a month man will get you more of this type of
2: stuff. You know, I can actually promise you if you paid I'm not talking about it. <laughs> it is frustrating and pointless. Yep. Moving on.
1: Yeah. yeah but anyways, we're going to move on to the main topic at hand which uh is kind of interesting uh, because we we did we totally talked extensively ahead of time about this very Oh, yeah, absolutely. Topic. I, we know
0: we we have a bullet point list and everything. Not looking PowerPoint.
1: at his phone. <laughs> 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 no, uh we're talking Edit
2: this out. Mad edit this out. Oh, no, no. This is
1: staying in. Okay. You can <laughs> funny
2: you can i mean you can keep me singing and i don't yeah
1: mind. i know but the actual topic we're gonna talk about today is um one of, uh, it's an interesting one it's a little it's got some nuance to it in that when do you need to push the characters slash the player in your game And what i mean by push i mean challenge them and sort of run them through the crucible of the game because
2: I, didn't we have this discussion when we talked about villains sort of okay
1: um, in that that was we, a very
2: long time ago. Yeah, was it a, a
1: it was a very long time ago. B a lot of the things we've talked about in the past on this show is a lot of hey guys, GM player need to communicate. Smoochy,
2: smoochy, hold hands, love each other. Oh, yeah. Right? Ask ask if everything's okay. Yeah, and well, we're
1: a thousand percent behind that. But there is a point where you're like, and I'm using D&D as just a base boilerplate example of. When do you throw that extra encounter or or when do you kind of like throw the knife and have the NPCs betray the party and really push them to the emotional uh, limits and the mechanical limits to tell and get a point across in a story? Even though, you know, the players may not be a hundred like 110 percent behind. it. I always like a close one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends. Well, as pretty much ninety percent of everything that I say, it depends on the story. <laughs> uh, it depends on what's what's going on in the in the in the course of the story and what's going on with the characters. Um, and it depends on it depends on a couple of factors. I'm of
2: the general opinion that if you don't have a clincher or two, in there it ain't much of a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no drama.
1: Yeah, there needs to be be stakes involved. If
2: everyone held hands, kissed, and hugged each other and asked if everything was fine for the entirety of a campaign, it was probably a shitty campaign, honestly. Unless you're... You know, unless that's really what you're in it, you know, that's, that's unless you're it. playing monster hearts, in yeah. which case, smooch each other all day long. <laughs> oh, yes,
1: <laughs> engage well, in smooch. Well, it's also like the sort of the idea of like more narrative play in that, oh, we're all coming up with this elaborate story, but if no one's willing to put the character through the ringer of the, to create the drama, because that's part of what we're here to roll. I'm play already
2: with. prepping a, a slight mental breakdown from Martian Avernus mm. tell, <laughs> at, with the phrase, the bear did it, not me, the bear did it, not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because you know Marsh, not a violent guy. Um, he's definitely killed people now, and he's not sure how he feels about that. Because mm-hmm. he's, oh, a he's a person. Good old
1: dissociation. got yeah. a lot. He's that. figuring out his big boy powers, and that's that may frighten him a little bit. The
2: bear needs blood. The when I when I have drawn this bear, <laughs> it will not rest until it has tasted it's blood. blood.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: one of the it's it's an interesting thing. I, I forget. I think it might have been a Star Wars book that I read one time, a role playing book. Uh, or it might have been some other other book but basically any any campaign or or story where morality is important uh where you know the the you know the the rightness or unrightness of a character's actions are sort of narratively and mechanically important uh is um it essentially says so you can the when you turn the screws, or when you have the option of turning the screws, is when the players are going down a darker path than the story or the setting is intended them to go down. Mm-hmm. So if they start doing morally nebulous things, one way you can respond to that is by turning the screws, being a bigger, bigger stickler on the sort of the the brass tacks of the rules, maybe throwing harder encounters their way as a way of sort of. Showing consequences for actions and, and sort of ma- making that moral point. That is, if that's what the the if that's important to the
2: game. I, I would say, I mean, going back to another D and D game, I think that our um, I think our Waterdeep Dragonheist game actually kind of was. I, I I don't know what the what the naughty kid version <laughs> of that game looks like, but I think it's I think it's harder. I think it's way I think it's deadlier hmm. because there's a lot more. Bad boy things that you can do, and and we were we were like, may as well have been fucking cops. Which ah, we, I know it sucks, but you know, well,
1: we ended up being cops by the end, just because the, of who we were but working for.
2: In this case, they're led by like people that I know categorically are good. So mm-hmm. it's like,
1: uh, and we weren't really part of the like systemic system. No, we were we were very much outside of the system. But we were working on the side of the
2: authorities. Yeah, but appealing to the authority in a time of. Crisis that is above your head mm-hmm. actually kind of worked for us because we were shielded from some pretty bad shit. I'm gonna
1: guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, I finished a setting where Law and Order is unequivocally good, and you know, oh, un- it's un- not unequivocally well, good.
1: It's just one person that you uh, we directly communicated with. The leader of Waterdeep is a good person.
2: That's what her alignment says. <laughs> this, Mistra doesn't choose bad people, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. doesn't choose people of evil in life.
0: I'm I'm just making the point that it's a fantasy setting. Yeah, it yeah. is a fantasy <laughs> setting. <And> so, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. so the
1: cops can be good. Uh, yeah,
2: it's cool. true. The cops can be good in a fantasy oh, setting.
1: Oh yeah, because they're really bad in Boulder's Gate. I've already showcased that. They're oh, yeah. they're awful. Yeah, and we're working with them awful. and it
2: we're working with them again and it's way scarier.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, uh. But but that's where the crucible comes from because it's important to challenge the players. I think, just like you guys said about getting the drama, the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, and I kind of understand where you're coming from, Scott, as far as like if the setting is moral and there's a bit of an ethic behind uh, it.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not advocating that as an absolute. By the way, don't 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 take that as a as an underpinning. If you're yeah. playing, if you're playing a game where the goal is to be shitty people, then. Than like the, vampire? Like vampire. Well, yeah, a little bit like
1: oh, vampire. actually, we can talk about vampire. It's a yeah. good example of it because the nature of vampire, and this sort of goes back to session zero slash mm-hmm. expectation management, as most things do, mm-hmm. uh, is you're playing vampire. Vampire is a melodramatic, mm-hmm. somewhat emotionally tormented game it needs to have a bit of that catharsis and pathos no one's not really-
0: a butthead <laughs> yeah well i mean if you try and be a goody two-shoes in the cam, then like you should be smacked down well, like if you if you want if you're if you want to like be and do the right thing in an in a
2: neo-feudal fascist regime
0: well how's
2: that worked good luck. out for people in history not not particularly great. So, it's taken
0: armies to solve that kind of problem.
1: Um, I would go, good luck to your son.
0: Well, you know, that's why you join the Anarch, because they're all good guys,
1: right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, they're no. children. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, and then or you so have, the elders
0: say. And then you have the, the ones that are, are correct on a metaphysical level, but are not good at all, and that's the Sabbat.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's where the drama and the tension comes from. And then you've got to challenge them. It's like, I want to play... The problem is, if you've got a player who's like, I want to play a really high humanity, a really good vampire mm-hmm. in this game, and you've already stated out in your game, hey, that's we're playing kind of a, a, t- a typical Camarilla game, mm-hmm. that player should already go in and go... I'm going to have a rough time. Oh, no, this is the pain train. Like yeah, you up are for the pain signed train. on the dotted line. For I, I,
0: this. I
2: cannot get over that Penny Arcade. I haven't looked at a Penny oh, Arcade so, comic in 15 years,
1: so but that was so funny. I will link in the show notes. because It's
2: we, so funny. It's
1: not funny for us to describe it. It's funny, funny if you for, just read it, if you understand vampire. If you played,
2: ever played vampire,
0: yeah, it's, <laughs> it's too true. Yeah, I mean... Well, I uh, I have actually read every Penny
2: Arcade ever pretty consistently and they
0: they maintain good quality cut shit.
2: I'm just I, I I didn't I didn't get off the train because I I I didn't like them. Okay. I just
1: been reading them for a decade already, I think. I don't <laughs> know.
2: I don't know. <laughs> They're the
0: one comic that I've continued to read like I've consistently always read.
1: But what happens if but here's the question. Here's another What happens if a player, if they're just playing the game, they're playing the character, they're kind of going along the lines of what the story Mm -hmm. and the setting sort of say, when is it a good time to push them and try to... Because from my play style, I want my players to feel like they're they're John McClane and Die Hard. Mm -hmm. I want them to walk over broken glass with bare feet, but I want them to also win. Mm -hmm. And that's really the kicker of finding that balance of like, I know you guys... I know it's rough, I know because we've all heard horror stories of people going, well, you're just punishing us because of the thing out of play or players take it out of context or they just assume you have it out for them or something silly like that, or they're like you're just being hard to be hard, and it's like no, you're trying to sort of showcase something or no, you're just trying I mean, to you're just trying to give them a challenge it's
0: commu it's it's about communication like it's about saying like uh this is don't not don't go into like spoiler territory yeah but say like hey this is a thing that's happening in the campaign this is generally why it's happening um so you know just be prepared for it yeah uh, if you want to talk about it like give give your chance give your players a chance to acclimate to the idea talk about it um, another metric that you can go by is is stakes. Is yep. are they attempting to accomplish something that is extraordinary? Yep. Like if you're going from a sort of a player-driven standpoint. Yeah. I mean, obviously, are they are they doing something that is outside the pale? Like if they, are, are they are they bad? Are they batting at two levels higher than they normally are?
2: I, I mean, are, they should know in a society. <laughs> That there's some shit, that there's some shit you don't do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we could have like I don't know tried to jack jar our way into Baldur's Gate, but that seems like it would have been a bad choice. Mm-hmm.
0: That would have been a, really a bad choice. A couple of us could have done it.
2: Yeah, I could have just
0: gotten in. Yeah, of course, me too. Like but, I, I could have just gone up real high and, and then, then come down real come, come down real fast.
2: And, and then then but then the other two would be fucked and then the city guard would be also looking for something that fell to earth in the <laughs> middle of the city it depends
1: yeah they're they're uh oh god what was it uh yeah like also like punching up basically punching up their a weight class like in dragon heist when we're like hey why don't we try to steal all the gold ourselves and when we, we just went through the mental gymnastics of you did you did that okay mm-hmm. I
2: we said mental- we were already telling you no but you were still going yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like shut up what are you talking about it's, it's a half you're, a million gold, you're insane man. it's you're, a half
1: a million gold are you
0: now if you work for acquisitions incorporated and a level two horse person you can do it.
1: <laughs> no, <it's, sighs>
0: because you have the, the little trans-dimensional bag of holding ah. that literally opens up into the vault of Ant Inc. headquarters. I don't
1: want Ant to have half a million cults.
0: Well, you know, you work out a franchising, like you work no, out okay. a, it's a license.
1: I gotta have that in written in contract. But also, it's like uh, about stakes and like doing the good boy route, and just the idea of if you're trying to punch up your weight class. One of the ideas in Avernus, this is not a really a spoiler because every all the creators have said this is like if you go, there are many, many avenues to go. Mm-hmm. Easy path is to go. The easier evil. path is to go the evil route. And- well,
0: it's easy on the upfront. The consequences
2: come on the back and end. It depends
1: on what you want to, how, what what your end goals are. If and you're and a what person,
2: you it's hard. Mm-hmm. If you stop being a person at some point, it's not hard. <laughs> if if the people you're killing stop being people to you, it's not that hard, is yeah, it?
1: because to do the good boy route in Avernus, the truth, the true good boy ending, uh, the best boy ending is. Pretty pretty hard. There's a lot you got a lot you got yeah, to juggle. Yeah, I
0: mean you're going to fucking hell. I mean it's it's a bad place. Yes. to <laughs> make some hard choices. Yes, uh, but yeah, I mean it, it, I mean stakes and, and not even I mean yeah if they want if they're punching above their weight class or if you know there's been a chain of con of actions that has led to a certain amount of consequences you know maybe they've maybe they've made the right choice but the the right choice leads to certain things right um and it's all it's about being clear it's about essentially saying if you want to avoid out-of-play drama your your golden ticket uh is to be as clear and communicative as possible uh both from the player side and the gm side uh basically saying look guys let's let's go over what's happened the last few sessions yep uh and and uh, you know, say correct me if I'm wrong here, but this would lead to a a pretty pretty tough as nails well, beat it, down.
2: It's basically just explaining, and this is something I've had to actually explain to newer players. It's like the world keeps going around mm-hmm. like I don't play this game as i s I don't if I've ever run it, the game is the world's not that static. I mean, it is static within reason because mm-hmm. you know, I can't juggle that. Generate many, a
1: whole world in your brain but all the time. Actions
2: do have consequences. Right. People exist outside of... It's not a solid cyst environment. Mm-hmm. If if someone has the... If you're fucking with someone who has the capability to find you... They're going to find you. With magic. You. They're going to try to find you with magic. Now, that might fail because maybe you were clever. Maybe mm-hmm. they fucked their roll-up because that can happen. That's actually happened before. Someone tried to scry my party, and they failed. So an encounter just didn't happen because, well, how the fuck would you find them to ambush them? Mm-hmm. But... The world exists beyond the confines of your PCs, and they have to kind of be okay with the fact that if they sometimes being the good guy does get the the bad guys angry at you mm-hmm, and yeah. might you know bloody your nose a little bit or try to burn your house down,
0: and yep. sometimes being the bad guy gets the attention oh, of oh, the good of guys.
2: either the good guys or the worst guys, guys. or both
0: or both, yeah. If that's yeah. a shitty situation.
1: Yeah. If you want to play role-playing hard mode of like like risk management and all of that, you play the bad guys. Because if if your GM is smart enough and you're playing smart bad guys, you're going to be juggling all of the plates. Because you have to deal with everyone out there for some reason or another to get at you and your group for whatever they're doing. Uh, one of the interesting things, because it made me think as we're talking, uh, Matt Koval in his game in Chain of Macaron, he's gone his... Like game diaries where he Mm -hmm. just talks to the audience directly. This is the plot stuff. This is stuff that's going on. And one of the things he keeps saying is that my players are being very typical players. They're very risk averse and they're always going, okay, there's got to be the one solution in this problem, in this scenario that makes everything okay that is the right choice, Mm -hmm. and that we will suffer no truly adverse consequences for doing this choice. There has to be the solution to the puzzle. And and that's like, that's cute. No, because...
2: I've been playing Forest of Doors and never after (laughs) for 10 years. Nope.
1: (laughs) It's like, no, there there will always be consequences to action. Anyone who's
2: ever boffer LARPed? Yeah, Yeah. actually, anyone who's ever boffer LARPed no, is it just like, nah, son. There's always gotta be a fight. There's something there's well, something I mean, gonna that, go wrong. That's, that's
0: that was always sort of the thing in the back of my head when people <laughs> people were having that conversation of like why like why are oh, Kind of word
2: this right. Why we fight? Yeah, why we fight? Well, because yeah. this there's always got to be a fight. Because I'm a guy who it's like, and then I'm I the realize like mm-hmm. it's like I'm the Punch Man, so mm-hmm. I paid to Punch Man. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and me Punch, and I'm not an evil Punch Man, so I can't just Punch Man anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they have to give me something to Punch Man. Or well, it's upset.
1: also it's also the idea, and, and this is what I always love that we, we talked about in Fractured. Almost every LARP, buffer larp mm-hmm. we've ever been in is okay, guys. I know you want to solve all the problems. But by the nature of it being a game, you physically can't solve all the problems there's because then there be is something. no game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there always needs to be some new tension, some new drama, some new complication to <laughs> challenge you and to bring you bring you into the narrative of the game. I just
2: appreciate that both places like they're meta like the the big the, the swords of Damocles the great the great adversaries have always just been metaphysical threats that are just like mm-hmm. they they're there because they have to be yeah they're but, just there like no that's part of how the world works. There's a guy. There's a thing. It's, so it doesn't like you
0: <laughs> in general. This is something that I always tried to cleave to in when running Bawfer LARP and in general when running tabletop, although tabletop, it's a lot easier uh, is I l- always like to be able to answer the question. Why is this happening? Yeah. Um, it was it reminded me of a really funny situation of like, I don't think it was my encounter, but I was running it. Yep. uh uh, it was just it was just sort of a it was just you know an encounter that was happening in the town and i got hit by an investigation by the investigation crew uh because they saw me running it they're like oh this is a scott adventure okay Uh, so he'll
2: he'll definitely not fucking tell us dumb shit when we ask him why this is
0: (laughs) exactly and then i basically just had to say like sometimes men with swords want to take
1: your things yes it's there's nothing more complicated than mm. this. Or sometimes there's monsters. Yep. I do like the... Uh, and,
0: and you know what? In a world like The Fractured, uh, sorry, uh, like The Fractured, yes, there sometimes are just monsters. In
1: yeah. D&D, sometimes there are just monsters. I've never been to, like,
2: I have my opinions on banditry just because... Mm. It's oh, just I hate like, it. I hate it, too. Uh, we actually did some fun banditry at FOD because all we did was take, like, a sanctuaries banner which ah. is like a very old thing but it doesn't yeah. mean anything and it was so funny because everyone was like very few people very few people even bothered with locks because everyone yeah. just carries all their shit on them like yep it's sane people would. like
1: insane hobos like yeah. insane murder you know, hobos. the murder hobos
2: that they are and, <laughs> and they were reading so much into it when i got back into play yeah they're like oh well this happened around the same time as these guys came to shake this person down so maybe oh, they red- God, yeah. those, oh, those it's so it's retaliatory it's retaliatory and i'm just sitting there it's like Nope. I think it and in play, I'm just like, because it's like, oh, fuck it, who cares? I think you might be reading too much into it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be reading too much into it.
1: Uh, and so, yeah, that's also another thing. It's okay to, for things just to happen to happen and let your players spin da- their own fucking... World's a dangerous fight. place, well, man.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes monsters exist. Sometimes bandits exist. Sometimes natural events happen.
1: And, and uh, to sort of progress the concept of, like, challenging and when, when to do it, it, we're not just all obviously purely talking about mechanical stuff like mm-hmm. a big fight or a long fight or multiple fights. That's actually the thing. The weird thing about D&D is, like, what prevents you from just keep taking short rests? Like... The idea of just like hitting the rest button and well, getting some of your power monsters show up,
0: like the, the, certain, DM, the DM has the power to just say, "Yeah, a
2: monster shows up while you're resting." Something about this makes it not possible for you to continue yep. your rest. Yep. Um. But yeah, unfortunately, with D anD D adventures and stuff, it's just like, well, well, we're on this, we're on this, we're on this ride. So, so we- when's it? When's the train pulling out the <laughs> station? <laughs> yeah.
0: well, well, I mean, that's that's part of good adventure design is have. You know, when when it's when it's the right time for the players to take a rest, have that be feasible? Yes. And when it's not the right time for them, then be a rest, Have it be dangerous? Actually, Usually so.
1: the, one of the interesting counter like stories I've heard from a buddy of ours named John. He was like he was doing 440 e forty at the time, and he said, "Well, the Avengers says there's this countdown clock mm-hmm. of a ritual going, but." He was like he was in play, going, guys, we got to go, we got to go, we got to mm-hmm. go. But the GM was like, no, you're supposed to take a rest here. If you don't take a rest here, you won't have your abilities for this next fight that you're going to go into to really just slam it, or you're going to have a much harder time at dealing with it. And it's like that weird balancing act of you want to challenge them, but you also have but to also be it's like just like, like if
2: you guys go into this not full up, you're probably going to get destroyed. That yep. was
0: that was always what I heard was the big. One of the big issues with 4E is that it it had things in there that was uh,
2: counter to role playing logic. Right. Yes. As a person who played an immense amount of 4E, I can tell you that there are lots of things that made it is a okay system. I've I've said this a million mm -hmm. times. It's like it's fine, but you do have to sort of treat it as the machine mm-hmm. and put the, the nice fleshy bits on it yourself mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of like how to manage the role playing aspect. Cause guys, it's actually not that fucking different from fifth ed in terms mm-hmm. of just like how much shit you can do at a time a day. Ex- when you get stuff back, how easy it is to, yeah, get if you stuff were to back.
1: break it actually down. It's
2: not that different. It's really just, they added the skills are the same. Mm-hmm. It's really how you implement the use of the skills and time management.
1: But what I was getting to is, besides before I went on that tangent, is like you obviously can, as Scott said, turn the screws in other ways, oh, other yes. than combat. Emotional things on the back end are always important, like NPCs, loved ones, that kind of stuff. Things that, or little plot elements, like you know they want this really cool magic item, but you're like, you put the story scene, you really want this magic item? It's down here, but you only have X x number of turns or however mm-hmm. much time to get there to get it or someone else something happens.
2: or someone else wants it some, or
1: yeah you're you're that's a good one you're in competition with someone, someone else to, to some, get it.
0: yeah someone else wants it or there's a price to pay yes uh there is a there is a a heavily consequence laden price to pay for such a thing uh i mean vampire does does that sort of screw turning it puts the touchstones on the character sheet yeah like yes, here here's your soft bits This is where the knives go. Um,
2: It it really does. (laughs) That's
0: that's brilliant. It's beautiful.
2: uh, Uh, They did a good job of mechanizing it. I will mm -hmm. say the the, sort of the mental strain Mm -hmm. of being the monster that you are. Because I
1: I love uh, the stains. The stains work mm -hmm. so well.
2: It's the best system they've done for this thus far because everything else was way. It needed more mechanics. Is Mm -hmm. really what it needed. It needed. a little bit more granularity in mm-hmm. how this stuff was assessed to give you a sort of a track. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it, sorry, sorry you're interrupting. But it was like it you're you're absolutely correct. It needed a mechanics and but but it actually but its definitions needed to be broader so that it could apply to more situations. Because the pyramid with humanity was like it was so specific yeah. that if you did if you applied it directly as rules as written and like it was like no, that wasn't that yeah, it got real. It, it got you. You got in too many lawyer arguments. Yeah, with it, your it got too.
0: It got too gamey in ways that weren't cool. Whereas this opens up the story. It opens up the story element to be very personal and very applicable to each individual character. But the mechanics are like.
1: It does this, this it does this.
0: this, like they're very easy to understand mechanics. Um, and it, it makes it matter. Uh, and you know, that's, that's another thing of like when to do that. When I think, you know, especially in a game like vampire uh, pride, when your characters are being hubristic and prideful, I think it is a great time to, to hit because every, because every character has that weakness. Mm-hmm. Every character has that soft spot. And, it's imp- like when they're getting too big for their britches, or they're 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 really trying to throw their decks around. Having those
2: weak points, Aunt May's got to get attacked, man. Yeah, exactly. You got to hit Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. That's just how the story works. She's like, on your
1: character sheet for a reason.
2: Aunt May's on your fucking character sheet, man. Maybe you shouldn't have fucked around. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should have put someone you didn't actually like. That's not how the game and works. And now she's dating Doc Ock. <gasps>
1: Which version? Mm-hmm. Oh, I,
2: I know the one I'm looking
1: yeah. for. Yeah, me too. Uh, no, I, I I can totally agree with all that. It's just the idea of of you have as the as the ST dungeon master, game master, whatever you running the game. You have the power to challenge and to push your players as much as you want, but you've got to be extremely cognizant of when that's appropriate to do and how much to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you push it too hard and you're like, you know, if you take it very hard nose to the players and you're like, it does this and this and this is what mm-hmm. happens and this is what happens and this is what happens and there's no arguments about it, there's no discussion about it, it could start rubbing your players the wrong way and then sooner or later they're not going to have fun with your game and they're going to stop playing your game.
0: I think another important thing to really absolutely have a handle on is this if you intend especially if you intend on turning the screws in an emotional or a narrative way is the one thing that you need above everything else is trust yep you need to have spent time especially if you're playing you know with people you don't know intimately you need to spend a good amount of time establishing trust with your players so that they know that you doing bad things to their characters is not you doing bad things to them or you being out to get their characters or pushing them down a path that that isn't it's not a personal reason it's not a personal reason and it's not just basic antagonism that you're doing it for a reason and that unless very certain very specific circumstances you're not out you're not out to just end their dude for no reason right um i, I when you want to put the screws Emotionally, narratively, you know, in in all the the non combat ways, especially having that trust is vital. Yep. So being basically being being worthy of it.
1: Yeah, because to 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 help. So, give a picture of it as you're mm-hmm. talking about that. Is like in combat, we have mechanics. Mm-hmm. Say, Dean, you? We have a kind that that reinforces the trust. It says you can do this. You can do X, Y, and Z. The GM can do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can make up whatever rules he wants, but in by by and large, the rules are as written. That's how we establish the boundaries and our lanes of direct communication, mm-hmm. like about how the combat and everything will flow in narrative aspects and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, there's you know, no there's no hard rules for your daughter's
2: addicted to heroin.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> what do you do? How do you deal with that? And, phew, uh, ouch.
2: In the new edition of Dead and Maladies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is, funny uh, you should that mention it. Soon,
2: soon coming to Kickstarter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh!
2: Mm, oh. On that oh. note, and I, that's th- and that's the last we're speaking of it.
1: <laughs> 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 um, Until so further developments. Yes. Um, uh, is there anything else we want to say about this topic specifically? Um, obviously, it's. Uh, the boilerplate trust, consent, communication or cornerstones, but it's the idea of it's not a bad thing to do to push the characters, not the players. I'm gonna go. The characters.
2: Again, I'm gonna go against type here. You sometimes don't have to fucking talk about it. Sometimes just hit them. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's fine. That's where the guys. trust comes in.
0: Like yeah. if you, if you have don't do trials, it early.
2: Don't do it early. Wait um, wait a couple of, like wait couple, after six sessions, yeah, you can fuck them up. It's fine. Mm-hmm. No. Just establish that you're fair and don't That's fucking apologize while you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, if you're fair, if you uh, if if you know you've shown that you're you're interested in their characters and their character's stories mm. and that you're not, not just out to arbitrarily fuck them over hitting them with the, with the with the the, the sidewinder uh, can be a Sometimes thing.
2: they're going to get in over their heads, guys.
0: Yeah, yeah sometimes it's they're going to get And good.
1: that's part of the fun. That can be very entertaining for the player. I remember many times that we were like... I remember a couple times when after we did it, was Maloon War Dragon. We did that shit all our own. That was us. That was not Andrew. Dumb. We were, we were like, we're going to go deal with this problem right here, right now. We did not know. We didn't we know what we were doing. zero idea how, how astronomically dumb this idea was. Mm. It
2: was... The dumbest luck in the world that we survived it. Nice. Yeah,
1: and we won. We won the day, but we dumb. walked away going, "Oh my god, but that was and, so stupid." But me and Ryan afterwards, like, that was, was so awesome. fun because
2: mm-hmm. it was one of those dumb like I got my legs wrapped around this dude's head and I'm just like punching him and I'm this. taking
1: like like he's this dude is has no weapon. He's punching me in his face. He's not even proficient in his fist and he's doing so much damage to me. And I'm like, please stop punching. He does me in <laughs> the static face. damage
2: in that five, and that's not. Not, six
1: damage. Six damage. It's not six too damage. little
2: damage, honestly. If he's punching you for six damage every time, and he always hits. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh my god, that's that, rough. But uh, but those the, but those can lead to some of the most interesting and stories and the most fulfilling, as it, from my experience, for the player because they were challenged and they 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 went through it and they won in the end. If you've done it right, or or if they were lucky enough, they've won in the end.
0: Uh, I'm trying to remember I think uh, there's a couple of hard fights in fractured that were that were or hard moments in fractured I think the one that that comes to my mind first was uh, the big Marcel fight
2: I was just about to say that
0: actually. Uh, the uh, well the, the one where, where I got mortal blowed like six times at once and then killing strike by 12 people killing blowed by 12
2: people I had pissed you guys off so much yeah. Salus, we... Salus was about done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was also the, because we've told the story before about, the, about the, the day that never was. That and, wasn't and, on that one. I know. But, yeah, the day but we, I'm saying, yeah, That fight afterwards, mm-hmm. to finish it, we were so just astronomically jacked up mm-hmm. to just deal with that problem that it was so cathartic and in the end when we were done. We were like, we're done with this crap. We have won the day. I'm, I'm going, going to, to bed.
2: bed. I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep well. And if I see a motherfucker in a white headband come near my goddamn door, <laughs> I will break your nose.
0: <laughs> but I I came with
2: candy. Oh, okay. That's, okay, that's cool. <laughs> as, long as, yeah, it's candy, as long as it's All not right, poison candy. <laughs> it's poison candy. It's
1: poison
0: candy. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Oh, the Underwood Court. They're one of my favorite poop candy. Yeah. Uh, poop candy.
1: Yeah. But, anyways, I think we're going to close out of here. I think this was a very good discussion, everyone. Um, so, from everyone here at Polyudrin, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice hello everyone just wanted to let you all know if you want to email us you can at polyhedronpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com
0: and if you want to get in contact with us via twitter you can contact us at polyhedron cast
1: and if you want to contact me i am at bioimportance
0: if you want to get in contact
2: with me directly i'm at diva smallcap. and
1: i'm a hermit so just email the show please also in addition, if you really like the show and you want to support us go to patreon.com polyhedron give us a buck a month you get a lot more content and it will really help us out all right thanks for listening thanks everyone